Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with The Lord Will Prevail as we pick up in 2 Chronicles, chapter 14, verse 11. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And the interesting thing, every time we take a step and appropriate a little more money for the radio and we expand the radio ministry, God sends in more. We can't keep up with him. We can't spend it all. So we're in the process of expanding the radio ministry again. We're looking into television, outreach in television. We're looking into several different interesting outreaches to to sort of invest that which God has given to reach the lives of people across the country. And so we're looking for ways to wisely invest those funds that God has placed in our hands in order that we might expand the work of God throughout the world. And when God guides, God provides. And when God provides, God guides in where it should be used to expand the kingdom. Lord, in thy name, we're going out against this host. Let's, let not men, man prevail against you. And so the Lord, the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa. I, that's interesting. The Lord smote them before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them to Gerar. And the Ethiopians were overthrown, and they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host. And they carried away, that is, Asa carried away much spoil. They smote the cities of Gerar. And the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. And they smote also the tents, the cattle. They carried away the sheep, the camels in abundance, and they returned to Jerusalem. And as they were returning now with all the spoils of war, the victory of God, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa, and he said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now the prophet meets him, Azariah meets him, and lays out just a plain statement of truth. The Lord is with you as long as you'll be with him. And if you seek him, he'll be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. This is God's eternal truth. This is always true of every man. The Lord will be with you just as long as you'll be with him. And if you seek him, you will find. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. God's basic truth, unalterable, unchanging. Now, at this point, Asa is flushed with victory. He's just seeing God work in a mighty way and answer to prayer. And in those occasions, you know, you're on spiritual highs that you can't believe when you've just seen God do a marvelous work. 
And I'm sure that Asa just smiled and said, all right, praise the Lord. But you didn't need to add that last part, man. There's no way I'd ever forsake God. After all, look what God has just done. You don't need to warn me about that. Wait a minute. Beware whenever God warns you of anything, no matter how strong you may feel that you are in that particular area, because God doesn't waste words with you. And if God is warning you about a particular thing, there's a reason why God is warning you about that. So listen, because sure enough, those are the areas where the person gets tripped up the very area that God has warned them about. I don't think that any of you ever get tripped up in anything but what God hasn't given you advanced warning on that issue. But you ignore it. Oh, but Lord, I'm very strong in that area, you know. I can handle this. And you were warned of God. Stay away. Don't go. Oh, well, Lord, I know how to handle it. I'm, you know, and I know when to leave and don't go. But Lord, you you don't understand, you see. I, I'm going to go and witness for you. And then I know the time to leave, Lord, and I'll be all right. And then as you're weeping and saying, God, I don't know why I did it. Lord, I'm such a miserable. Lord, help me. He said, well, then I tell you not to go. You see, God gave you the warnings. You just weren't listening. You weren't obeying. God doesn't warn you needlessly. And so the Lord gave the warning to the king. And he said, now for a long time, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. But in their trouble, they turned to Jehovah, the God of Israel. They sought him and he was found of them. And in those times, there was no peace to him that went out nor to him that came in. But great vexations were on upon the inhabitants of the countries, and the nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage, and he put away the abominable idols out of the land of Judah and Benjamin. And out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, he renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. He gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers out of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon. For they came to him out of all of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month of the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord the same time the spoil which they had brought, 700 oxen of the spoil, 700 oxen, 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. What a beautiful covenant. Guys, let's just covenant together now. We're going to seek God with all of our heart and all of our soul. You know, that's neat when a, when a bunch of people get together and really covenant, hey, God's going to be first in our lives. We're going to put the Lord above everything else. We're going to seek God with all of our hearts and with all of our souls. What a marvelous thing when people will covenant together in the excitement of a spiritual revival or fervor in this kind of a commitment. God, I surrender everything to you. I'm yours, Lord. I'm going to live full on for you. And you covenant with God that you're going to seek him completely. They also determined that whosoever would not seek the Lord would be put to death. 
whether small or great, man or woman. Now this is a little bit overzealous. <laughs> you cannot legislate righteousness. If there were laws that could make men righteous, then Jesus would not have to die. But yet it's admirable. Their zeal for the Lord was at such a high pitch. We're going to serve the Lord, and if anybody doesn't follow, you know, we'll wipe them out. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting, with trumpets, with cornets. I mean, this was just a real fanatical spiritual meeting. Shouting, praising God, sounding with trumpets. God, we're going to serve you. God, we're going to commit ourselves. Lord, you're going to be the God over our land. We're going to put you first. And, and really, it was a time of great national strength and excitement. I would like to have been there. I would like to have shared in the excitement of that moment when the hearts of the people were all turned towards God in this religious excitement. And all of Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with their heart, and they sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest around about. And also concerning Makkah, the mother of Asa the king, he removed her from being the queen because she had made an idol in a grove, and Asa cut down her idol and stamped it and burned it at the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was complete. And he brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated silver and gold in vessels, and there was no more war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. And in the 35th year of his reign, Basha, who was now the king of Israel, started to fortify the city of Ramah, north of Jerusalem, in order that he might cut off all of the trade that is coming into uh, Judah, uh, or all of the trade that would go out. You're going to cut off their supplies. And so he's going to build this fortified city so that he could begin to cut off the supplies from Judah. And Asa, he had had now a very prosperous reign. For 25 years, they had had rest after the great victory and commitment to God. But now he had become rich. He had become strong. And he took money out of the treasury of the house of the Lord, took gold and silver out of the treasury of the house of the Lord, and he sent it up to the king of Syria. And he said to Ben-Hadad, your father and my father had a mutual defense pact. And I'm sending you this money in order that you might honor this mutual defense pact. And I want you to attack Israel from the north. Because they're building this fortified city, they're preparing an invasion and all. And so I want you to attack them from the north. And so Ben-Hadad began to attack Israel from the north. Well, because uh, Basha had deployed the troops down towards the south in the building of this fortified city and all, Ben-Hadad began to move through the north part. They conquered the city of Dan in the upper part of the Galilee, uh, the Hula Valley there. They began to move down. They took the area around the Sea of Galilee, the cities of Naphtali and all. 
And so Basha, when the Syrians began to invade and take the northern part, left off the building of the fortified city, moved his army up to defend their northern borders from this attack of Syria. And when they did, of course, Asa moved out and they took all of the materials that they had brought to build the fortified city and they built several little cities for their own defense with the materials that they had captured from that which Basha had brought down. So his plan was successful. He had used his own military alliances and his own wealth and all to buy himself out of his problems. And it was successful. It was a very successful move. They were able to deploy the troops and they were able to take uh, the materials and, and it was a successful move. However, the prophet of God came to him, Hanani. And he said, because you have relied on the king of Syria and not relied on Jehovah your God, Therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of your hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubans a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. But herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from now on you're going to have wars. Now, he had just had, he was just no doubt gloating in his wisdom, in his diplomacy, in his success. And a prophet comes and rebukes him. And the rebuke is this. You have relied upon Syria, the arm of man. You're not resting in the Lord anymore. You're not going out in the name of the Lord anymore. You're not calling unto the Lord for the help that you need any longer. You see, you don't feel that need for the help of God. God, I can manage this one myself. And because you've relied on the king of Syria and, and, and not on the Lord, your God, don't you remember? Now the king of Syria is, is delivered out of your hands, but don't you remember that in the past, when you were invaded by this huge army of Ethiopians and Lubans with their chariots and horses, how that at that time you cried to the Lord, the Lord delivered them in your hand. For, and this is the truth, let God burn it in your heart tonight. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the entire earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are completely towards him. What is God saying? Just this. God wants to use your life. God wants to bless your life. God wants to pour out upon you his glorious resources. God is just looking for people that he can use, that he can funnel his resources through because God is wanting to reach this world around us. God needs men to reach this world. God is looking for men whose hearts are completely towards him, that he might show himself strong on behalf of that person.
that God might funnel his resources through their lives. Oh, God, cause our hearts to be turned completely towards thee. Take our hearts away from the issues of the world, from our own desires and purposes, from our own goals and ambitions. Oh, God, let my heart be completely towards thee. Don't let my heart be turned aside by my own desires, my own wishes. God, let my heart be completely towards you. For the eyes of the Lord are looking through the whole world to find such men that God might show himself strong on behalf of those people. In other words, as we were talking earlier, God is looking for the man whose life is in line with the purposes and the will of God. And when he finds that man, and when that man asks God for those things of the kingdom that he sees are necessary, then God is already determined to give to him those things that he is asking because he's not asking to consume it on his own flesh, on his own desires. James says, you ask and receive not that you might consume it on your own lusts. And so many of our petitions that we bring before God are really our own will, our own desires that we are offering to God and wanting him to help us to fulfill our desires. And God's looking for men whose desire is totally towards the Lord and the things of God because God needs men in this world today. The world is in a desperate condition. God needs men. God is looking for men. And the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the entire earth in order that he might show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are completely towards him. Oh, God, I want to be that man. Oh, God, I want my desires to be fully in line with your will, with what you want. God, I want to be usable. And this is my continual prayer. God, keep me usable. I know it is so easy to get sidetracked, to get caught up in something other than God's purpose or plans and end up on the shelf. I don't want to end up on the shelf. I want to remain usable by God. That's the only reason for being in this rotten place. Living in this corrupted society is only one purpose, and that's to be used of God for his purposes. And when I start living for my own purposes, then I pray God takes me instantly because I'm wasting my life on that which really doesn't matter. There's only one real purpose now, and that's to be what God wants me to be, to be that servant of God doing his will in order that God might work, show his power and his strength through my life. God's looking for such men. I want to be that kind of man. I, I'm not completely, I desire to be, though. And God knows the desire of my heart and the time when I committed my life fully to Jesus Christ to be that man that God could use. Now, Asa was angry 
with the prophet, the truth oftentimes creates anger, resentment. He put him in a prison for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. Here's the, here is the king who at the beginning offered this prayer of God who's, who created this, this great spiritual reform among the people. We're going to serve the Lord. He's going to be, you know, and now he's in a rage because the prophet has brought to him the truth of God. Throws the prophet in a prison. And Asa in the 39th year of his reign was diseased in his feet. It was an exceeding great disease. Yet in his disease, he sought not the Lord, but the aid of physicians, and he died. Now the intimation in the text is had he sought the Lord, the Lord would have healed his diseased feet. But you see, he began a pattern of relying upon man and upon the arm of flesh. We sing that song, the arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. It's vain to put your trust in man. Better to put your trust in the Lord than your confidence in princes. And he started out putting his trust in God. It's a, it's a sad, tragic story. A man who started out putting his trust in God knew the power of God, the great victories of God's great spiritual revivals, but whose life he ended up trusting in the arm of flesh, the arm of man. And he died trusting in man. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 2 Chronicles on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 2 Chronicles 14 through 16 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord bless you and be with you and keep you in his love through the grace of Jesus Christ as we look forward to that glorious day of the Lord when he comes for us that we might be with him in his eternal kingdom, world without end. God bless you and may the strength of the Lord be your portion in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Pastor Greg Laurie. Rarely does a man come along that literally changes a generation. 
but such a man came, and that man is here tonight, and his name is Chuck Smith. Yeah? Join Pastor Greg in an exclusive interview with Pastor Chuck. Listen to rarely heard stories and memories in Chuck's own words about the events that influenced him and how he, in turn, influenced so many. We have only one life and it'll soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. To order a copy of the special DVD with Greg Laurie and Chuck Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673. Again, the number to call is 800-272-WORD.